Have you ever stopped to consider what it means to live out the gospel? In Romans 10, Paul asks, How are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Every follower of Jesus has a role to play in preaching the gospel. During each episode, you'll hear from people just like you who are living sent in a purposeful way to share the good news of Jesus. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Live Sent Podcast. Well, hello and welcome to the Live Sent Podcast. My name is Josh Reinert, and I'm the host for today's episode. This month, we have the privilege of hearing from Michael and Nicole Gilchrist as they share about what Christ is doing in their home and neighborhood community. Michael serves here as the pastor of Community Impact. Joining me as host for this episode is Rich Sparling, Global Ministries team member and former missionary to the Dominican Republic. Along with this episode, we have created a discussion guide to continue the conversation with your family, so be sure to check that out. And now, without any further delay, let's get to our conversation. My name's Michael. Hi, my name's Nicole. And we're the Gilchrist family. I grew up in Phoenixville and went to Millersville University for meteorology, was an active meteorologist for seven years, and then um, came back, got my master's in Bible, and got hired here at Calvary about 11 years ago. I grew up in northern New Jersey, and I came to Lancaster in 2008 for a job at Lancaster General. I am a nurse by profession. So we met at Calvary. Uh, it was actually at an activity at Calvary. And um, then we started dating, got married, and now we live uh, over in East Lancaster right now. And we have three kids. Three kids, five and under, which cause a little chaos in life. Every day is an adventure. <laughs> Michael, part of the reason we wanted to have you share on this podcast is because LiveScent is your job, but also because you both have a pretty neat story about what God has done in your life as a family uh, to cause you to change your approach maybe in your community or your neighborhood. Would you just be willing to share your story with us? Yeah, I think uh, my story actually goes back to my parents. Uh, I grew up with parents who reached out to missionaries and they would come over to our house. Um, we now call them global partners, but they used to come over to our house. We used to hear stories. They used to read stories to us about um, reaching out to people when we were young, uh, stories of going international. Um, but uh, the Lord continued to work in my heart um, as I grew up and when I came here to Calvary Church, I would even go out with Michael Darris um, and go to the parks and be able to share Christ there. And uh, it was always something that we would go out and go share Christ, um, but rarely was it us focusing in on the people that were immediately around us where I lived. Actually, some of the places where I lived when I was single, I didn't even know my neighbors at all. Um, and so when Nicole and I got married, we lived in the city for a little bit and we did, we reached out to some people for a little bit in the city. And then, um, when we moved to our current location about five years ago, uh, we were pretty intentional to try to reach out to our closest neighbors and just try to get to know their names, um, and get to know them. Was there something specific that caused you to realize, Hey, you know, I'm going out and I'm you know, sharing the good news of Jesus with people in parks, but there are people that live right next door that need Jesus. What, what made that change? Uh, I would say the book that I read, uh, Art of Neighboring with, by Dave Runyon, uh, and there's another author there with that book. Uh, he, he was definitely 
probably the most intentional thing that I read to be able to push me in that way. Also, Water Street has put on a conference called Compelled, and that that conference really focused in on the Great Commandment. So the book and the conference focused in on the Great Commandment and uh, really started making me think about my neighbors differently. Okay, so you're, you've been prompted to think about your neighbors differently. Did you just jump right in and just you know start going door to door? What happened? And I think ultimately, just to jump in here, being on the other side and standing next to you through this journey, it has been your heartbeat. Like you've, we've read those things which have catalysts and spurred things on, but ultimately it's within the being of who Michael is just to be outward focused. And that's something that makes him who he is. So I think those two factors together um, have spurred on this journey. And well, how about for you, Nicole, how has, you know, being married to Michael, how has that kind of changed your perspective? Um, I can say it wasn't completely my heartbeat. I think I was, it was fun and enjoyable to go out to parks and see God working um, and talking to people and having conversations. But it's that protective mechanism. You can go home and you can do what you need to do and recharge and get done with life. And we can kind of, as Americans, we can live independently and go inside and shut the door. And we don't have to keep on going or keep on reaching out. So it's it's been a journey for me because it hasn't always been my natural tendency to be like, okay, let's keep going. You know, let's, yeah, yeah. let's open the doors and I'm tired. Yeah. And, you know, we oh, have yeah. three young kids and it can be hard sometimes to definitely... Um, reach out and to continue to want to not put up a fence around our yard and just keep living and keep reaching out to people that are living close to us, you know? Yeah. I think you mentioned something that was really important there is that you have three young kids mm-hmm. and you've chosen to stay home with them. I know, but I'm sure there are times that you feel exhausted and the idea of adding more relationships to your plate sounds like a terrible idea. So what motivates you when the kids are sick or, you know, when Michael has ankle surgery and he can't do anything for a week, what, what's still the motivating factor to, Hey, this is important to me. Mm -hmm. Um, it's definitely been God working on my heart and it's been a journey for me. Um, and Michael has shared that he had been praying for my heart to change and to see our neighborhood as my mission field. And I think that his prayers have been answered or continue to be answered. Um, as, as since I went to compelled with him, the first round of compelled and also read the art of neighboring. And then I read another book by Rosaria Butterfield, which was the gospel comes with a house key and all of those compounding things, which is God working and moving within me, um, just continues to have me have an out, outward focus and just wanting to take one step at a time. And it's never really been, oh, I've jumped in and let's literally give someone our house key. It was more of like one little step at a time and praying that God would increase my bandwidth. I've prayed that a lot of times through the, even the journey of motherhood. Um, but even with neighboring, just increase my bandwidth so that I can have an opportunity, just one natural opportunity to, talk with a neighbor. And it's amazing when you pray that and when you ask God to do mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. how he opens yeah. doors oh, yeah. and how he moves and works in that. 
you kind of mentioned it a little bit already, but as you guys took that first step to kind of seeing your neighbors um, as people that are in your circle of influence and people that you can reach out with the gospel, what were some of the specific fears that as you took that first step to, to kind of interacting with them on a more intentional level? And what were some of the ways that you overcame those, those first initial fears as you started to, to build relationships with those people right around your, your home? Well, I would say our first uh, inclination was to want to build a fence. and A literal actually, fence or a, a fake, literal, literal fence? fence? Literally, yeah. we were sitting at the back picnic table and we were kind of just had a busy week and busy weekend. And I said to Michael, it'd be really nice just to put up maybe a half fence. Then it wouldn't be too, <laughs> too insulting. You know, like there's just partitions. Yeah. I'm like, then we could have some private but yet we could still be inviting. <laughs> it was like trying to do meet the halfway type of thing. Yeah. And you guys mentioned this in the introduction, but you guys live in the city, right? Like on the outskirts of the city. And so it's not like you're talking about putting a fence on your acre plot of land. We're talking about putting a fence on a, just to for help people visualize. Yeah. So our house, uh, we have, um, I can never remember what it's called. Like a semi-detached, it's semi-detached. not a townhouse, but there's a house attached. We share yeah. a wall with a uh-huh. duplex. To duplex, us. duplex. Yeah. Thank yes. you. And so, uh, for us, I mean, I grew up with a house that's separate from all the other houses, and we had our own little area that we could protect and we could let our kids play. And there wasn't kind of the overrun between the the few houses. Uh, so, uh, for us to even think about putting up a fence was a great idea uh, because it was. Um, as Rosaria Butterfield talks about, it's like our little kingdom. We want to have our own like kind of like tight knit area to be able to do that. And we wanted to have protection and kind of wanted to get away from the world um, and build our own little culture. And so um, as we started to reach out and as we started to work and as God started to change our hearts um, through the different things that we read um, and the things that we went to, we realized... Um, that we would like more to be actually have our house more open to our neighbors and more open to have building relationships. And so that even conversation of offense, uh, we haven't had that conversation of offense for about three or four years now because God's been changing our hearts. Yeah. And privacy has, that has its own importance, obviously having your own space as a family and how you protect your children. There's validity to that Obviously, what you're talking about is a willingness to be open with the people that live next to you. Not there's not that there's wrongness in offense itself, but more the attitude of isolation. Correct. Yeah, we. I mean, we have a fence in our behind our house for that purpose, but it's more of like that you can't see through the fence, and we wanted that separation because we share. We don't quite share a driveway, but our driveways are right next to each other. So when I would be outside with the kids or we would be outside as a family, um, when Michael had off, when our neighbors come outside, we just kind of merge together, you know, and there's that quote unquote American interruption in family time. Instead of seeing it as we see it now, God's creating opportunities and given us opportunities to be able to share meals that we're grilling on the grill or share conversation and just dialogue about life and just slowly building relationship. So some other fears that um, came up would be uh, we won't have time on our own 
Um, we won't be able to do that. We won't also, we're rubbing shoulders with people who don't have the same belief system as us. Will that affect our kids? Um, protection of our kids. Uh, what does it even look like to engage people? So there's a myriad of fears that continue to impact us. What do we say? How do we get in con? How do we even build a relationship with them? Yeah. Pretty much all the normal fears come up as you think about mm-hmm. this. But as you press through and you trust the Lord uh, to be able to press through on these fears, you realize those fears become freedoms. That you, as you trust God and obey Him, He opens up greater freedom so you don't have to fear in that way. You're trusting Him to be able to take care of you, and you're trusting that uh, the things that God has done in you, you're going to be able to have an impact on other people and represent Him well in that way and spread to, spread His kingdom into the neighborhood. God's given us a book on community. It's yeah. called the Bible. Yeah. We as Christians... It should be better at community than, than anybody else right. because we have the Bible. Um, but instead, we many times focus on our fears and we focus on uh, not necessarily trusting what God's called us to do. And so that ends up um, not actually gaining freedom in our lives. It actually causes uh, limitations in our lives. And, and you're speaking from personal experience with this. This is, this is your life. This is what God has done in your walk. So what we're hearing are, are actual changes, actual alleviation of, of your personal fears. I think that's important to understand that God has made a difference in your life over the years as you trust him with these fears. Yeah, I, that's completely accurate. But let me say this also, it's not like the fears don't creep back in. Mm, right. You have to continue to surrender the fears. You got to continue to give them to the Lord and uh, ask um us to just be obedient to trust him and ask for the Holy Spirit to empower us to be like him to our neighbors. And it's a continual ebb and flow. Um, Whereas fear of time or inability to adequately communicate or even go spiritual on a conversation, you know, how do you make those strides? Where do you make those transitions? When, um, how do I do this and keep up with all the stuff in the house while, trying to reach out to my neighbors while trying to invest in my kids. And, you know, there's so many different factors, but I think it's neat. It's been neat to reflect back on this journey and see how time is not our own Mm -hmm. and how God has revealed that to me and just my heart and um, just realizing to open and open my hands with my time and have my time loosely held and, it's so fun to see God working and moving and so fun to ask God to do things and then to watch him do it and to reflect back on that. Um, I was saying to Michael recently, even in his journey of recent surgery, ankle surgery, um, we've pulled back and had a lull this fall of really being intentional with neighbors. And just recently I'd started praying again, you know, allow some opportunities and open some more doors. And it's funny because God has done that, you know, like (laughs) he gave me a thought to um, share some cookies that I made with our one new Spanish speaking neighbor who's down the street. She's a young mom. And Michael asked if I could give them to someone else on the other end. And I said, no, I really feel like I need to give them to this woman. And so I followed through with that and she wound up texting me later And she said, 
your brownies and your cookies are so good. Can you teach me how to cook them? Oh, what an open door, right? I know. Yes. And now I need to, you know, be a little bit more. I don't know Spanish. And so Google Translate has been my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> and so just be making an opportunity um, to invite her into my home and kitchen and to teach her how I cook these and these brownies were actually box brownies from Aldi's. So we're talking about like 85 cent box brownies that always leave my kitchen. And now she wants to me to teach her how to cook them. Yeah, <laughs> I was, yeah. So I think sometimes we elevate it and we make it, I know I do. I've made it loftier and bigger than it needs to be. Um, but it can be so simple and it can be so, reaching out to her neighbors and inviting them into relationship does not have to be elaborate or glamorous. It can be simple. And I think in my decreased amount of time, I have learned that and God has revealed that to me. Um, and one more story about our neighbors that we share a driveway with. We've been trying to have them over and think about having them over. And we're like, oh, when can, when can I cook a meal? Which all moms know that takes time and sometimes is really intimidating. Um, when you're busy. So I was talking to him outside many in the summer, actually, because we haven't followed through with this yet. And it, we've had other things going on, just some, <laughs> not to make excuses. <laughs> I was, so, um, he had said to me, I said, what do you guys like to eat? Like, what are your favorite things to eat? And he said, we like pizza. And I said, oh, we can do pizza. Pizza is so simple. And yeah. it was this aha moment for me outside with the kids playing and just chatting with him. And I was like, God, it's so simple. It doesn't have to be like a two-course meal or coming right. over and cooking all afternoon. It can be frozen pizza from Aldi that we really <laughs> like, you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. the fresh ones that I just put in the freezer. You yep. can just take out and put it in the oven. I was like, it's so simple. And sometimes we make it way more complicated than it needs to be. I do anyways. And so God has revealed that to me in the season of motherhood and having no shame. Like, come to my house. This is how it is. It's okay that it's messy. This it's is our life. In. Yeah. yeah, like just inviting people into our mess, I think, has been our also a journey for us. Because sometimes we are like, how can it be perfect? Or how can we make it so that the kids aren't interrupting and all these things? But God's revealed to us like... Invite them in. Invite them into your life. Do life with people. That's you right. Know? That's Our lives aren't about. sterile as much right. as we would love to promote that idea. Right. And sometimes <laughs> we get stuck in that idealistic mindset. And that's not what God means or what he wants. Yeah, I love those stories that you shared um, and how it is such a simple thing sometimes. Um, and so those stories that you just shared are really kind of success stories where things have worked out. What are some of the times that you've tried to reach out and it maybe hasn't gone as, as planned, but yet God still worked in that, maybe more in you in that scenario than those other people, but maybe share some of those stories because I think we all kind of have this fear of failure, but I don't think failure is, right. is a word yeah. in God's vocabulary, really. I think there's things that go bad but he still redeems them and uses them for his good. So what were, what are some of those stories? Thanks for asking. Cause that is, we have more failure stories, I think in this journey of learning to be neighborly or loving on our neighbors. Um, we moved into our house in 2014 and then in 2015, the a year later 
we invited our neighbors straight across the street over for dinner. And I had said, oh, I'll make, I'll roast a chicken because that's what I was in. Because who doesn't like chicken? I know. Everyone eats chicken, I think. Anyways. Um, And I had, I felt like I was quote unquote good at that at the time. However, that night, um, I guess God had other plans because (laughs) we invited them over and I had mashed potatoes. I had rolls that you just, you know, put in the oven to warm them. And I was roasting my chicken and I was all, you know, we were talking to our neighbor and they were enjoying we were Isaiah. We were ready to have dinner. Yeah, we felt on top of the world in this hospitality venture here. We got this. Um, I guess God wanted to humble us just a little bit. Um, it was getting close to dinner and Michael was like, hey, is that chicken done yet? I said, I don't know. Let me go check. And it wasn't. It wasn't even close to done. Like we needed another two hours oh my. to wait for the chicken to be done. Oh my! And I looked at Michael in the kitchen. I said, this isn't going to work. I don't know what we're going to do. And I said, oh, I know what. I have a great idea. Why don't you just run to Costco? Because <laughs> who doesn't like Costco's roasted chickens? <laughs> Quick fix. So that's what we did. Um, Michael asked, go ahead. Do you want to? Yeah. So I asked Coop just, uh, hey, uh, our chicken's not going to be done. Do you mind coming to Costco with me and picking up a chicken? So he jumped in the car with me, and we had a nice ride to Costco. Yeah, yeah. So that's, I mean, okay. sort of a failure, but at the same time, God really gave you yeah. opportunity. Yeah. Okay, but the story gets worse. Oh, oh. So uh, <laughs> we, I'm sorry. It just, it's great. Anyway. I think I forget how bad this gets. <laughs> you blocked it out of your memory. <laughs> Okay, and how I deal with failure are things that are just... I just laugh, so I apologize. I just keep laughing. Um, So I had rolls to still put in the oven, and I usually don't ever burn rolls. However, tonight, I also burned rolls. They were like hockey pucks. Oh. (laughs) So it was like the dinner that just did not work across the board. Um, We went to Costco, and it took... Michael, I think Costco was crowded, so it took them a really long time to get back from Costco. And I'm trying to, sometimes I stall out on making up conversation or trying to be engaging. Yeah. And so I was trying to ask questions and trying to just keep on, you know, dialogue and getting to know our neighbor better. And yeah, it just was the funniest evening ever. Because then we then sat our- down and it was just, she's like, oh, these are these are really crunchy rolls. (laughs) Like the uncooked chicken is still cooking in the oven that was supposed to be done. (laughs) And then our kids are walking over to her and she's not real steady on her feet because she just was working through some things. And, uh, and our kids are putting up their hands like, please pick us up. And uh, we didn't really know the whole situation. And so she kind of felt, Obligated. Obligated to pick up our kids in ways. Isaiah. Well, it was our kid. Sorry. Uh, To to pick up our kid and and, uh, take care of our kid when she wasn't even steady on her feet. So it was just, it was bad on all situations. But if we were to look at it in the long term, that first initial meeting wasn't real good. uh, And the whole (laughs) connection was not very good. We just wanted to be authentic with them and just show them how authentic we were. Yeah, Um, that was the goal. (laughs) But in the end, they ended up being the people that we were closest to. Mm -hmm. Um, And there were some significant things that happened 
uh, with them. Let me pose this question because as you've interacted with numerous neighbors over the years, not everyone has been receptive to your approach. Mm-hmm. What, what stories, what names of people that you still, that still come to your mind that you think, you know, we, we tried. Yeah, it was actually that couple. Mm-hmm. Ah. So I came over to be able to set up uh, their tree, their Christmas tree, because they couldn't set it up. So I came over to help them. And this was, uh, this was probably about later. two years later. Yeah. And um, when I set up the tree, I just had a strong burden to be able to share Christ with them. And so I started asking them questions about the gospel and uh, started sharing. And one was very receptive. So uh, our neighbor, she was overly receptive and she wanted to listen, but I could tell that um, her partner was not uh, the man who was there. And he, um, at one point I stopped and said, is it all right for me to continue more or less? And he said, I never want you to talk about this again in my house. Oh, wow. So he was very adamant about that. Um, but in about 15, 20 minutes later, I was able to walk out of the house and we were able to laugh. And he was even sharing things to me that are from the Bible so what I said to him, I said, now, I don't want you to be preaching at me because you're sharing stuff from the Bible right now. <laughs> he didn't know it was from the Bible, but I knew it was from the Bible. Right. So I was able to bring it up. So it was, there was definitely, I would say, a little bit of a cold shoulder from that for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we continue just to love them and continue just to uh, reach out to them. Uh, and that opened up some other opportunities that came later. You mentioned your children. I think it's important for our listeners to hear who might have their own kids because sometimes there can be the fear that living this way is going to impact them negatively, which, you know, as parents, you want to be wise with who you allow in. That's true. But at the same time, how have your kids been impacted positively by seeing the two of you so intentional about hey, our neighbors need Jesus? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think in some ways, just to be honest, our kids are so young, I we can't really see exactly how they're impacted, but the one way they are impacted is this, is that they start to build relationships with our neighbors. Mm-hmm. So they start talking about um, our neighbors that are around us and calling them by their names and building relationships with them so that they, when they see them outside, they want to go over and talk to them. So that is one way that I've seen uh, it connect with our kids. Is there any ways that you could? Yeah, I think I would have to agree with you on the fact that they're so young and we've casted this vision. So to them, this is a normal way of living. Um, and they're, they are, they're just so excited to help out our neighbors. Like I may, it's the season of making cookies, everyone. So I made more cookies and Isaiah is asking me, can, are we making more cookies to share with our neighbors? Like, so it's just become this natural, um, natural part of who they are becoming and shoveling snow. We're used to shoveling snow for people who can't do it. And he's like, when the snow comes, I can't wait to go shovel other people's driveways. Like that's what he said to me the other day. And so it's just neat to see how it be is becoming natural for him, Mm -hmm. which is such a blessing because for me, it wasn't natural. It's had to be a taught, uncomfortable God sanding down and working, working on me in it, you know? And real quick, one of the connections that we have in all of this is that our family more or less vision is the great commandment. 
to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength and love our neighbor as ourselves. So we try to do that. We also use that uh, for our children. When they're fighting with one another, Yeah, we say to them, are you loving your brother or sister as you would love yourself? So we have that commonality in our house culture, but it also spreads beyond our house culture to our literal neighbors that God's called us to. So in the same way, we try to be consistent in our house as beyond our house. Michael, Nicole, what has been the biggest blessing on your family through living scent? I think uh, three things. Number one is stepping out in faith and understanding God in a new way. Mm. When you step out in faith, you're saying, God, I believe you at your word. Yeah. And I believe you have called me to do this. And so when we step out in faith, we're putting aside fear of man. We're putting aside assumptions that we have of our neighbors. We're putting aside these different things to be able to reach out to them. Um, And one way I could even talk about that would be um, us even praying over our neighbors. Uh, We had an experience, and this is only God could do something like this. Um, When we talk to our neighbors, it's hardly ever on our time. It's always by the opportunity. So I was outside. Uh, One of our neighbors came home. I could tell that she was really having a hard time, and I knew some things were going on with her dad. And she was walking into our house, and I uh, walked over and just tried to gently say, hey, is there anything that we can do to help out with the situation? And she was, uh, she had tears in her eyes, and I I didn't really know what to do. The only thing I could do is say, can I pray for you? Yeah. And uh, so I prayed for her, and I prayed for her dad, Um, and, um, what happened next was something I never heard about. She never talked to me about it, but I prayed for her dad. I prayed for healing for her dad uh, and the situation he was in. And from what we understood, as we found out more in the backstory that he was actually in a coma in the hospital. And, um, the next day after I prayed for her dad, he came out of the coma Mm. and she, had said, and Nicole can correct me if I'm wrong on this, because Nicole actually had the conversation with her. I didn't have the conversation with her. Um, Well, why don't you share what she said? Well, she had come home and I was asking how things were going and I asked if she needed anything um, because she had been back and forth a lot traveling to see her dad. And she said, Michael prayed over my dad and he, your God healed my dad which was really, I was like, oh, that's awesome. That's really neat. That's really cool. And she was like, that was just kind of it. Like your God healed my dad and thank you. Thank you. Tell Michael, thank you. I really appreciate it. And I said, you're welcome. Yeah, that's awesome. So he was in a coma Mm -hmm. and the next day he came out of the coma. The doctor supposedly found some kind of medicine that could bring him out of the coma. And then she attributed it it to the prayer that I had prayed the day before for her dad. So that's number one um, of the, what are the things that has stood out to us of being live sent and obeying God? Number one is understanding the character of God. And we have the access to God, the privilege to be able to pray to God for other people. God calls us priests so that we can represent other people to God. They don't have the access that we have to God. So we can be praying for people who don't have access to God and pray for them and see God do amazing works if he he chooses to. Yeah. We give God yep. the honor to be able to pray f- for other people 
to him and let him work in the way that he wants to. That's so that's right. number yeah. one. Number two, uh, as we walk through this journey, is that we have seen greater freedom in our lives and greater even healing in the lives of other people that we've journeyed with mm-hmm. uh, to yeah. be able to, if we walk in obedience, God longs to give us freedom from fears, freedom from assumptions, freedom from these different things that we actually have conjured up in our heads. Um, and he wants to give us freedom from them. And so those are some of the freedoms that we have gained is that we don't have to fear man. We can love man. The opposite of fear is love. Perfect love casts out fear. And so we are able to love our neighbors instead of having to fear the interactions with them. And then the third thing is, as we're obedient to God, it impacts others. Uh, and we just need to be faithful to follow and be obedient, obedient to God. And when we're obedient to God, let him impact others in the ways that he wants to impact them. As we wrap up here, would you just be willing to, to kind of encourage some of our listeners? I know even for me personally and for Rich, as we just kind of look at our community as we've had these interviews on this podcast, we're being challenged as well. So what would be some encouragement that you would share with our listeners as they try to take their first and maybe initial step in in living a live-sent lifestyle? That's a really great question. Um, I think I would say don't listen to things about hospitality and neighboring and be put, put it on a pedestal don't look at it and say, I can't do that because I can't attain where those people are. Because we've all been on a journey and we did not begin where we are right now telling you. Right. We're jumping in and you know, you're down right. the road in your journey. Yeah. Right. So this all started out and I, to be honest, didn't really want to do all the things I was doing right now. I wanted to live very differently. And so it has been a process. And in that, I think remembering it's one step at a time, one simple step at a time that God wants us to be obedient in. And sometimes we think, oh, we need to be at the end right now. And that's where we need to begin. But just remembering to pray, ask God to open doors and ask God to increase wherever it is that you need increase, like in your bandwidth, in time, in Um, availability, feeling inept at being even hospitable, or if you're an introvert, like there's so many reasons why you don't want to do this. And we're brought up in a culture that's very, get to your goals and get to what you need to do by yourself, you know, Um, and living biblically is so counter to that. So it's a process and just asking God to help us with that process. What one step does he want you to take? Um, And where does he want you to jump in? So whether it's you have an extra six cookies and wrapping them up in a Ziploc bag and giving them to someone or in an old Tupperware container, because I've done that, no shame, and just giving it to people and just being like, here, I was thinking of you. People just want to be thought of, you know? Mm. People are lonely and people just want to be known and they want to know that you genuinely care for them. So I think that's just an encouragement of, just being willing. And if your heart is willing and if you're seeking God and asking him to show you and reveal to you what he wants you to do and just acting on that. And I think the other thing would be creating space, um, being intentional about creating space in your life. Um, We can be so busy and as Jesus lovers, we can get so busy in church and in church things. And those things are all really good. But I think for me, I had to also realize 
I'm inundated with those things and I need time and space. And in order to do that, I need to create that and I need to pull back. And God, where do you want me to pull back? Where do you, I've asked that question and just had to pull back on things and create opportunity and leave spacing time for God to work and move and for me to be able to show up in that. I think something that you said earlier, which is uh, want to key back in on, is the idea that our time is not our own. Right. You know, we belong to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Our time belongs to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Our resources belong to Jesus. Mm-hmm. So. And our home belongs That's right. to Jesus. That's right. right. And I think just having that perspective and having that eternal mindset, because it's really easy and natural for us to not have that eternal mindset. Yeah. Michael, Nicole, thank you for your time with us, sharing your story, the encouragement that you've been to both Josh and to me in what God is doing in your lives. And we pray that uh, he continues to bless you in in what you're doing and that as a result of the ministry that he's given to you, that we'll get to meet some of these people someday in the kingdom. So thank Thank you. Thanks for joining us for this month's Live Sent podcast. We hope you were encouraged to live sent where God has placed you. Listen in next month for more stories of people just like you who are faithfully living out the good news of Jesus. And for more information, visit calvarychurch.org and search Live Sent Podcast. And make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with new episodes.